Welcome to Community Connect here with uh, Edwina and Greg McHenry on 98.3 FM and 88.7 FM along the coast where we are streaming live at all the W's ocrfm.org.au Before we go ahead, it's, uh, I'd like to pay my respects to and acknowledge the Gulijan people who are the custodians of the land we're on today as well as to the Gadabinud who are along the coast and I'd also like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging and um, what we're here today about is our second program of international overdose awareness and as you heard with that track that was on before it's called King Heroin and um, that's by a, a fellow by the name of uh, James oh I've gone blank on him a real madman but anyway he told you the story about heroin and now about it's you know not what you'd call a, the best way to live and it's certainly the way a lot of people die an international overdose awareness day which has become a global event after it was started in 2001 as we mentioned last year it is a global event on the 31st of august each year and the aim of it is to raise awareness of overdose and try and reduce the stigma about it and uh, especially of the drug related deaths we also try and acknowledge the grief that goes along with it and um, we have got a current or a relatively current event in our own lives with a, a friend of ours who was going through the grief of an incomplete suicide through overdose and that might be another thing we'll talk about as well because an incomplete suicide still causes a lot of grief to everyone around and the person who has incompleted it wonders when they wake up why in the hell they've woken up and it creates a different um, completely different attitude towards their existence and today we've got Misty Collins who's in here and she's an AOD clinician and she's got a big smile on her face wondering what the hell's going on around here at the moment but she's sitting here smiling still good day Misty good morning and next to you you've got Natalie Wright hi there how are you and you're both AOD clinicians and when I looked your your words up on you Nat were that you are actually outreach but I've I've since found out in our little chat we had in the in the uh, room outside that uh, you're both just clinicians anyway yep. when I say just clinicians you are clinicians anyway yep. and that Misty you've grown through various phases to be where you are now yes that's correct and now I haven't mentioned the boy who you're here with because you're with a stepping up court consortium Yes, we're uh, from the Barwon Consortium. Which and and what's that all about? Well, we're based out of uh, Geelong West, actually. So uh, we do operate out of Colac as well, so very relevant to the area. Um, and our service provides a range of different service options for people. So <coughs> depending on the needs, um, yeah, we provide counselling. Misty and I do outreach, care and recovery, overdose prevention. Uh, we have day programs. We also have non-residential withdrawal nurses um, and family workers as well with, within the consortium. And so how do people or who are the people you actually deal with? Uh, so we have um, a bit of a mixed cohort of people. We um, have voluntary people come through through our intake process and we actually also hold space for our voluntary and forensic clients too. So we uh, have referrals from bro uh, brokerage and uh, that's the forensic component of our work too. From brokerage? Yeah, so we're referred through AXO, um, uh, the okay, forensic what's, cohort. What's AXO? So, <laughs> basically, clients that have come through the court system, 
Yep. So all of, but our, all of our clients have um, significant uh, drug and drug and or alcohol issues, um, and we, we work with those issues uh, in a way that supports that person to achieve that goals. Yeah. Their goals. Yeah. Yeah. So we work towards recovery. So alcohol and other drugs. So that's what they call poly substance abuse. Yeah. Is uh, that the is that the norm? Uh, so it, it just depends basically on the client. So the process is um, the client comes through um, through intake. So our intake process is from Bow and Das, um, and we can we'll hand out those we'll give out those numbers towards the end. But we also, uh, like I said, have uh, brokered clients come through on mandatory. Um, uh, yes, so through the court system, through justice system, through the social, yep, yep, through justice, and um, from there, if they're voluntary, if our clients are voluntary, uh, we firstly do the intake tour. Uh, the Victorian state uh, government has uh, a process that we have to follow. So there's the intake tool. Then after that, we uh, go through and complete uh, a consent form and um, actually do an assessment, uh, and then go through identifying um, the treatment plan for the client. So that's really general. Uh, it can mean lots of things for different people. And it just, that breaks down what sort of drug use there is. So it could be poly or it could be one specific um, drug. It, it really depends on the person. But as you mentioned before, um, and the latest statistics released just re just recently for 2019 uh, by the Pennington Institute have actually shown that um, more and more unintentional overdose deaths are resulting from four or more substances than there were from a single drug. And we've had 445 of those um, in the last year. So that's quite a concern. Um, we can talk a little bit more about some of the statistics as we go along, if you like, which are quite shocking. And basically, we are seeing that the toll of overdose is on the rise, so it is quite a concern. What is the, the drug? What are the drugs of choice, or what are the drugs that are causing the deaths? Or yeah, so um, so prescription opioids. So that's pharmaceuticals, um, which a lot of people are not aware of the risks. Um, people may think you get your um, prescription from a chemist, they're safe, but, but mm. not, not always the case. They were involved in 53% of all accidental drug-induced deaths in 2017. The next most common um, was benzodiazepines. That was the second, so things like Valium. Um, stimulants such as methamphetamine were after and the opioids are the primary drug group associated with unintentional deaths. Uh, in the, for the first time heroin was involved, since 2003 this is, heroin was involved in more unintentional overdose deaths. The next highest opioid group was your pharmaceuticals such as oxycodone, morphine and codeine. So there's a real mix there and most of or the highlight there is that we've got a lot of prescription stuff in amongst yes. that, haven't we? Yes, yep. yep. So the illegals, what illegals did you actually mention? So, well, there's he um, heroin, um, we've got methamphetamine and, of course, uh, people do access pharmaceuticals uh, such as Xanax I illicitly. Um, but, yeah, we, we still have a concern with heroin and the rise of the toll of methamphetamine is, is becoming more and more of a concern as well. What we see in the newspapers, though, is a bit of a different story, isn't it? Yeah, so I guess that's part of our role is really um, trying to reduce the impact of the stigma around um, drug use. And, it, you know, it, 
it, it impacts our community, it impacts all of us. And I think that, you know, all of us can relate to alcohol use is so prevalent in our society. However, you know, it's legal. Whereas um, there's lots of reasons why someone would use substance. Um, it can be, you know, uh, it's all part of the person's story. And I guess we look at um, really importantly recovery and what that looks like for the person. So we're really person-centered. We really operate from what that client specifically needs. Um, and that can mean from our perspective, um, so many different things. So Natalie and I are, are care and recovery workers and the component of our work is overdose prevention. So that's why we're really passionate about our roles. Um, uh, a lot of it is really sort of around assertive linkage. So looking at how we can support that, that person in their community, with their family, with their peer. Um, yeah, and looking at ways that that person, what, you know, the person, the client themselves wants to move forward. Mm. Now, you have people coming in through justice. Do you have people voluntarily coming in? Yes, yes. right. Yeah. We have people from all walks of life coming in through our service um, and the research reflects that. Um, this latest report has found that 22.5% uh, of unintentional overdose deaths were in the most disadvantaged 20% of suburbs and 18.4% were in the most advantage 20% of suburbs so you can see there's quite an equal um, ratio there so it's not just something that affects um, the most disadvantaged. Yeah, and th that's another side of it, mm -hmm. a socio-economic well bias that yes. we see in, in the media and yep. a, another part of that and we can't deny it though that there is a higher incidence of, of death within the Aboriginal community. Yeah, that's right. But that that is uh, that is a fact, but that's in uh, yeah. that's generally overall because of the well, we know the gap, the yeah. gap yes. which we've got, yes, which yep. ostensibly is not really being closed after all the time of, well, who was the first one to pledge it, Rudd, way way back. That's right. And even before yep. that, you, but so it's interesting to note that on the socio-economic side of it, isn't it? Because that's people right. in their, what is it? People in their glass houses shouldn't throw stow thrones or whatever it is. That's very right. Um, and you're right about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, three times more likely to die from an unintentional overdose. That is just shocking. That That's, yeah, that's horrific. But when you say unintentional, how much of it really is intentional? Well, it's a fine line, isn't it? I guess, you know, unintentional can mean, can mean you know, someone who has taken too much you know, we, we, we identified poly substance use before, so that you mentioned that. So I guess poly is really something that, you know, um, a person might have multiple uh, drugs in their system or alcohol in their system, and that, and that mightn't be intentionally to hurt themselves. So, you know, it's around psych education for how drugs affect you. So we, we talk a lot with our demographic around, you know, what type of drug class it is. So if it's a poly, like, uh, so if we're putting a stimulant into the body and a depressant into the body, how that affects your central nervous system. So that then you're looking at, um, if it's unintentionally that you're, you're, you're having, a, for a, an example would be, you would have um, a glass of, a couple of glasses of wine, then you might have a couple of, mm. um, you know, Valiums or, uh, you know, some sort of medication to, to get to sleep, yeah. you know, that, and, and it's around how much your body can handle before mm. it becomes problematic for that person. So it's really, we all have different, that's where tolerance comes in. We talk about, you know, your level of tolerance. So a person who's using a substance for a, a significant period, their tolerance level becomes higher. 
And then if you're putting multiple drug classes into your body, it's how much your body can actually yeah. handle. Okay. So it really depends on the person. Mm. Um, I know I have uh, an experience of someone coming out of prison and they went to their drug dealer, they were a user, went back to the drug dealer and um, used and then uh, they were okay and their dad said, you know, you shouldn't be doing this and he went back. He said, I'm okay, I can look after myself, went back, used again and ended up uh, dying and, you know... Yep. These are the sorts of things that happen and these are the sort of things that we want to avoid. Well, that, sorry, that brings up the point, I think, of where people do abstain from using drugs for a while and yes. then step back into it and they step back in at the same level they were at previously. That's right. Yeah. And, that's yeah. a, and when we're working with forensic clients who have just been released from prison, that's a really important um, part of you know, our initial engagement, talking around tolerance, talking around, you know, like what does their... Subs- if, they're, if they're identifying that they're starting to use a substance, you know, talking around harm minimisation... Mm. Um, what can they do to minimise that risk of uh, overdose, um, you know, safe w- w- drug-related harm? Talk about safe bank. Naloxone might be a good time to mention naloxone too. Um, we'll get into all yeah. of that. What we're going to do, though, we'll have a little break, Edwin. Is uh, Glenn Fisher who was... Can you hear us, Glenn? I can hear you, yes. Actually, we can hear you just came through on the microphone then, I think. Do you want to try that again, Glenn? Yep, hi, how are you all? Hi, Glenn. Hi, Glenn. Now, hi, you're... you're um, Greg and Aguina. Uh, all right, now, look, we'll, we're going to bear with this if we can. Will you hang on? We're going to put on a track of yours because you've been able to listen to the majority of what we've said, have you, Glenn? Yes, I've heard everything that's been said. That's fabulous. We're going to introduce you now. You're a survivor of... Um, well, you're a survivor of sexual abuse. I'm not saying that that was a reason why you became what you became, but you are now, I don't know how long clean, but you're a 62, three-year-old? I'm 53. Years young. And you've got... 53 years young, yep. And you've lived to, lived to tell a story where you've now got uh, how many grandchildren? I have five grandchildren, five children. And just as a matter of interest, how many times, because a word naloxone was heard, you know it as Narcan, do you? Yes, Narcan, yep. Narcan, how often have you used that? Well, how, sorry. Has that been used on you? How often has that been used? I've actually overdosed 23 times. I've had 13 um, serious overdoses and um, actually had one that why you took drugs, <coughs> Glenn? Well, initially I was, I was living in a refuge and I went through a whole lot of sexual abuse, as you know, and um, then just after that I lost a couple of friends, two of them were 15 year old, a girlfriend and a really close friend, and um, so I wanted to try it, I wanted to see what all the fuss was about, and when I did take it, it literally turned my head off, it shut down the voices and all the, all the pain that I was going through, and um, so it set me off in a trajectory that really was um, worse than what I'd come from. I, uh, living as an addict was possibly the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, and I've done a lot of hard things in my life. Yeah, so it took that pain of abuse away. Yeah, it shut down mm. um, the, 
the voices in my head. I, I used yes. to see the faces of the people that had died, mm. and I, I just couldn't get rid of the visions. And when I used, those would go away. Yeah. And you realised that that wasn't the answer. Well, I, what I started to learn really quickly was that the drugs only lasted a short while, and that I needed more every time for that to shut down the voices and mm. that and the visions, and that just got worse and worse until it actually manifested and the voices and the faces got worse. Yes. You know, every time I'd be in withdrawal, I would, you know, I'd start reliving the trauma of my childhood. Yes. So with the part of um, the Awareness Day, it mentions about the, the grief that goes along with it all. You must live with grief in terms of, well, the whole episode of your life oh, in a way. It's terrible. I mean, you were talking about Narcane, and I, I think to myself, you know, if only we had that access as, as young people, you know, on the streets of the cross where I grew up, I watched countless people die, many of them under 18, four of them under 16, and, and several of them happened around me, and I had no knowledge. You know, I didn't know what I was doing other than to get an ambulance driver who would come and inject them with this thing called Narcane, yeah. and sometimes they'd rise and sometimes they wouldn't. And, and um, I, it's whether you get it to them quick enough. And obviously, if people have access to Narcane, which I don't know that's available, but if it's possible, that would make it... Um, we would save so many lives, you know? And look now, I mean, people looked at me when I was 16, you know, for the next 30 years as a bad heroin addict who went through prison as a waste of life. Well, I now have five beautiful functioning children and five functioning grandchildren, you know, written a book and put a whole lot of my abuse in prison, you know, and that, that's available to every single addict out there if they just learn to treat the source. The book, I'll just mention the name of it, it's called Predator's Paradise, and yep. you've, got a, you've got a Facebook, haven't you, Glenn? Yeah, I run a, I have a Facebook page, Glenn Dishes, and I also run multiple sites for survivors of abuse and for forgotten Australians. Okay, we'll, we'll get a little bit more into that later on. Just on the Narcan, before we have a break, I'm going to put on a, an animal's track, and I think you might be able to guess what it's going to be, Glenn, but I'll leave the surprise of it up to the people in the studio. Yep. Is that you're mentioning Narcan. There, we'll be talking, I think, uh, Barwon Health have got a... Uh, a training session is going to be going on with that regard but what I'm wanting to ask both you Natalie and Miss Misty within with the terms of people having availability of Narcan Edwina and I have done the course yep. on the use of naloxone so we actually carry it in our yep. Yep. glove box yep. is that what stepping up and other Yep. workers within the AOD industry are proactive in trying to get that more available? Yeah, that's part of our role. So we would support a client to uh, DAS to do the safe, uh, so we can do naloxone training or safe vein care. So we would, uh, yeah, take the client up and do the process up at DAS. That's um, Barwon Health. Yes, yeah, do, it's yeah. a drug and, drug drug and, and alcohol, alcohol service. service. Yep. yep. And we also have our own nurses in, in-house as well so that they can support us. And on our, um, we're having our overdose prevention day on the second, and we'll actually be facilitating some naloxone training as well. And just to go on on a little bit more around that, that there is the new nasal sprays as well, which have just been released very this year, and uh, it's a very different process from injecting uh, the person with the Narcan back. It's uh, just through the process of uh, implementing the nostril spray up into the nose, so the client breathes that through, and that would. Oh reverse so the effect. That's interesting because I, I, I was led to believe that if you're in an overdose situation it might get to the point where you're actually not breathing. I, well I believe it, it, it and it's only new so it's very new to discover but it would get um, absorbed by, this, by the 
I guess, m- mucus cavity yeah. in the nose. So yeah. um, important also to that it is quite expensive still. So important to be aware. Look, it's terrible yeah. that you mentioned so, money because why do they put a value yeah, on yeah, it? Because yeah. people can't... Do, saving life. It's yeah. saving a life, for God's sake. <laughs> so it's all very new um, and <laughs> the experts in this area are the guys up at DAS to, 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 to really break that down. But I guess in regards to the naloxone training, that is free. We support clients mm. to do that for free. Our service is free and I know that up at DAS that's free as well. Yeah. So the nalax- yeah. Sorry, there's... There's two different types um, of processes in regards to um, giving the client an injection in regards to the the, the Narcan as well. So um, yeah, there's uh, there's sort of like we can do you can do the uh, the one shot with the needle, or there's a multiple needle as well. So which is the one we have here? Yeah, yeah, yep. and and I know that when you go up to DAS, they're really great in supporting people with that with that for free of charge. Yeah, prevention. Just address something you mentioned there, Greg. Yes. What's that? Yeah, you mentioned that addicts, when they overdose, they stop breathing. That's actually not correct. What actually happens is their breath becomes shallow. Mm. Shallow, yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah. 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 So, so it's, sorry. Yeah, so someone is still breathing, but their breathing becomes shallow. It becomes yeah. a lot less. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was getting at, I think, is it, that it, in trying to get the proper breath into them through a spray when they're on really low, low on getting taking yeah. oxygen anyway would have been a difficulty. And so the the nostril, uh, it's a lot stronger. It's a, it's a lot more stronger than the actual uh, implementing it with the needle as opposed to breathing it. The breathing technique through the nostril spray. Mm-hmm. Well, so you just uh, push it up. Uh, it's oh, a, okay. Yeah, and... So it's sort of hard to, to explain no, 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 it. No, no. <laughs> well, it goes directly to the brain. Yes. yes the drug user who administers it to the nose. So it looks like oh. a bit like an, a nostril spray for a cold and flu, for example. Oh, and okay. You just push that one one spray up and that in, yeah, then the client is able to breathe that through. Now I'm with you. I understand that more. Thanks for that, Glenn. Now, we will put this track on because I need to clear my throat or have a little drink of water. You'll hang on there, Edwin. We'll keep the phone uh, going so as you can hear what's happening. Um, and I'm sure it was James Brown. I played a track called King Heroin, <coughs> which was quite appropriate. And uh, my guests in the studio, Natalie and Misty, uh, thought it was quite appropriate as well. And they're from Stepping Up Consortium. We've got Glenn Fisher on the... Well, on Edwina's mobile phone, and Edwina's doing a good job holding it there next to the microphone. And you're on 98.3 FM Colac and District and 88.7 FM along the coast, where we're streaming live at all the W's OCRFM.org.au on the program called Community Connect. And I'm Greg McHenry, and this is The Animals. I know it, babe. You know it, too. You told me, well, we're Probably talking everyone. to you shortly now because we've just come back and we've got Glenn Fisher there being banged around against the the microphone there by Edwina McHenry who is sitting here with you and Hon Greg and that was the animals and we'll ask Glenn Fisher who's on that line there to explain that a little bit to me in a couple of minutes after we reintroduce you to Natalie Wright, Nat Wright. Yes. And Misty Collins here who from the Stepping Up Consortium and we are a little bit better organised and I've also just taken a lovely photo of the three women here talking to Glenn who is in Sydney and you are on 98.3 FM and 88.7 FM along the coast and we've only had our first break and it is 27 minutes to the hour so we haven't got long to go. Glenn, why did you want me to play that track for you? Well that song particularly has a, um, a memory for me I guess that Going up in institutions, 
you know, that was a song we played a lot, but it was more so when I was in detoxes and rehabs. I remember back in the early 80s, I was in a place called Langston Clinic, and it's where I was introduced to what's called Narcotics Anonymous. And um, I remember sitting with all my friends as we were withdrawing off heroin, and that song come on the radio, and all of us getting quite active and singing along to the song. Yeah, so I guess, you know, it was, we, you want freedom, you know, freedom not just to get out of the rehab, but freedom from the drug itself. It, you know, it's hard to explain unless you've been captured in that world just how much of a grasp heroin or any, any drug or alcohol or pills can have on somebody. We've had uh, actually had Alcoholics Anonymous come in here and have a yarn with us a couple of times, but I don't believe Narcotics Anonymous is, is active here in Colac, but I will check that out um, because that is another one that we need to give the information out to because they, uh, they use a 12, you, you use a 12 step program there in terms of uh, that's abstinence, is it not? It is, and also one of the things that stood out to me was, I have a lot of cliches, but the one that stood out to me the most was the best therapeutic value for an addict is another addict, and um, that rung true for me. Yeah. Does yeah, that ring true? Sorry, Natalie, um, mm, she yeah. shook her head furiously at the shame you're not here, mate. Very much so. Um, peer support is absolutely invaluable, um, as Glenn mentioned. Um, within the rehab, it's a therapeutic community model, and um, those peers provide strength um, and inspiration to one another going through that process. Mm. And um, at fellowships like NA, you've got um, people at different stages of their recovery that can offer hope, hope, hope and validation for the struggles um, and the triumphs. That is so true, and that's that is why we, Glenn, are involved in the Loud Fence movement, tying you know, up, tying. Elaborate on Narcotics Anonymous. Also, that the, the reason why other peers are good is I'll tell you the two things that stood out to me. One was that when I was in the detox, I saw other people getting up, telling me how they were clean. And I was like, "What would you know about addiction? You've never been there." Until one day, I saw somebody who I knew from the streets who was a hardcore heroin addict. And I went through rehab with them, and the one thing that they did the whole way through my recovery was they held me accountable. And I couldn't say, oh, but, because they've been there. Yeah, I think that's, you know, uh, I also was um, working in uh, the Stepping Up Consortium. We run a, a day hab space as well, so that's a six-week program. Uh, okay. So it's four days uh, full-time and then the half day on a Friday. Um, and uh, yeah, that's really relatable, I guess, just w observing the clients really support each other and help each other through. I tend to really like the uh, recovery model. So it identifies hope, um, meaning, empowerment, connectedness and identity as the main, you know, framework for moving forward in recovery. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, connectedness and routine is super important in rebuilding someone's capacity um, and, you know, trying to to uh, reduce or, or abstain from their problematic drug. And they've come a long way, you know. I've gone through We Help Ourselves Who's, I've been through Carolina, I've been through Basement A, pretty much name one, and I've been through it um, in the earlier days. And then I went through the model Carolina in 2009 and 10. And um, yeah, it was based around what you just said then. And it, it, it really saved my life and it saved so many other people's lives. Oh, and important to note that a big part of Misty and I's role is linkages for people to those crucial supports, detox and rehab. So um, yeah. we coordinate all of that, um, support that person in every way to organise it, get themselves there. 
all of that kind of thing. Yeah, and and, and our role is is quite broad. So um, that's why I'm really I really love my role because it's it's really flexible and it's really identifying once again person centred. Does the person want support with their housing, food, their parenting? You know, are they going through a recent marriage breakdown? Uh, you know, looking at their health. Are they looking for safe vein care? You know, are they looking at we could, we can do talk about rotating arms and if they're injecting in the safe zones, if they're injecting in a green or red zone. So that people what's rotating arms? I'm using different veins. Oh, okay. So now people would find this sort of level of conversation saying, you know, why are you doing that? You know, they and I'm, I'm going to use a term and it really is horrible. Just they're just junkies. They're not yeah. worth anything. Um, why? Why would we do that? Why would we do that? Because we have a lot of people don't appreciate life. Now I'm going to, I'm going to pee in Glenn's pocket. He's gone through such a thing, an incredible thing, and you can read about him in his book Predator's Paradise. That here he is. He's not only got out of his horrible life, he has created life, yep. and not only has, has he created life, he's got grandchildren and everything, but he is also saving lives by the work that he's now doing. Mm. So I'm using that as a case, yet we have so many people yeah. just throw people by the by and could not really understand why we're talking at this yeah. level, yeah. thinking it's, you know, why, you know, why do it? It's really holding that hope, isn't it? And it the is. person's capacity to rebuild. Yeah. And I think health is so important. You know, this is what it's about. It's about saving lives. So collapsed veins can mean so many things. Or, you know, if you're injecting in your neck, for example, you know, that's a lot closer to your brain. There's a capacity for blood clots as well. So, yeah. you know, that's, I think, you know, there's a, we talk about, you know, people can, can lose limbs in regards to if a vein collapse or lose a finger, for example. So it's really around keeping that person safe. Uh, we do a lot of um, work around uh, working with GPs. Uh, we can do referrals also for neuropsych if that's what we need. Uh, mental health plans, we can go through and, and, and linkage to, we work really well with Step Me, who is NEMI National, and that's also outreach. And well, they're people who, thanks for that, you've given us a bit of a lead in. They'll <laughs> be on with us shortly. We're going to be talking with them. Yeah, I was just going to say the fact is. Um, People will always use substances for a range of reasons. People always have, people always will. And we work from a harm minimisation model. Um, we support people if they are going to use uh, to use in the safest way possible and to do the minimal harm yep. whilst doing it. And we try to have conversations with that person as well around, um, you know, opening up the conversation about potential change so it's about respecting that person and yeah it's a, it's a public health model it's a harm minimization model yeah. and that's what we're after now i'm going to put another track on chosen by glenn in a moment but before we do do that can i correct myself because while we're there i've normally turned my phone on to find out that there is if i when i look it up that colac does actually have a narcotics anonymous group which oh, is fabulous. Yeah. Isn't that fabulous, yeah. Glenn? That is great, yeah. Um, Colac, and they meet on Friday at eight, uh, 1800, 6 o'clock on Fridays they meet at yeah. the Neighbourhood House in Colac at 23 Miller Street. Yeah. So get along to that. Brilliant. Now, which brings me to a point, I, I didn't think that there was any... I know the Narcotics Anonymous people in Geelong. Yep. Um, and I didn't think there was one here, but now I do know that. Mm. What sort of instances or incidences do we have here because do people in Colac know 
of any mm. what goes on around here and what sort of statistics we have in our in our area? Uh, so we're all about wellbeing and and linking into supportive you know community groups. Uh, we operate Stepping Up actually operates out of. Um, uh, Colac as well, so we we have a room here, and and our worker Rachel works uh, with the the demographic of Colac and and the area. We do work alongside Colac Area Health as well, so yeah, um, and we do have an intake number for Colac specifically. Uh, but in regards to community support, um, there's also direct line, so uh, that's a that's free of charge as well. Twenty four hour support for people who are looking, you know, to have a chat around their the. Use. Um, and they'll point you in the right direction for services in your area. So, And I can give out that number now if you like. Yeah, that'd be good. So it's 1800 888 236 and that's a specific AOD treatment service. So that uh, captures the whole of Victoria and can direct everybody in, their right, in the right direction uh, in, in regards to wherever you're living. So it captures your, your intake area. Okay, and now and just for the area though, and the, or in our catchment area, what mm. sort of, do we have many or are there many deaths within our catchment area? I don't have the t- statistics on that, I'm sorry. I, yeah, didn't, didn't look that closely at the Colac area, but um, you know, we do have a concern with regional areas um, being higher than, than the average. So, higher okay. than Melbourne, yep. So, regional Victoria is actually, um, there's more, there's a, yeah, more drug induced deaths than what there is in the metro area. Okay. Yeah, in the recent findings, which only were, was released yesterday, actually. So, we get through um, uh, OFADA. We received the um, Pennington Institute uh, annual, annual report, uh, and that's for, uh, that looks at, that's this year's report, but it looks at sort of historically at the latest statistics would be 2017. Okay. Yeah, and then we get a percentage from there moving forward. Well, we will put a track on now, and it's a Neil Young track, so I guess you might know which one that is, Glenn. I certainly do, and so this song means a lot yes, to me. Yes, I know the song. <laughs> love this song. Yeah. Yeah. Now, well, Nat's gone. Love Neil Young. <laughs> love I Neil. on the guitar. You learn to play it on the guitar. Yeah. Oh, good on you. You haven't got it with you, have you? You can play along. No, I don't. I gave my <coughs> eldest son the guitar, but one of my friends has just offered to give me a guitar, actually. Do that and take it up and do it again. Yeah, I love to play the guitar. It's, um, I used to be a break dancer, believe it or not, but guitar's my... I love guitars. Oh dear, oh dear. The only, I can do break dancing because what I'd be doing is falling over with my walking <laughs> stick. <laughs> I'd break something. That's something that Misty said. She was talking about helping us addicts and, uh, and the reasonings behind it. It is such a rewarding thing to watch people's lives transform. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing more rewarding, you know, than, than holding space for somebody else. And, uh, you know, we talk... In, in, especially in our group, we talk about walking beside the client, you know, and, and, and supporting yeah. them at their... At, I'm really passionate about putting... It's, it's, we talk about the stages of change and when the person's ready. So we really like to look at walking beside the person. Yeah, mm. holding space for the person, That's, holding hope. There's right. been a real shift in drug and alcohol, the way that they look at um, now harm minimisation as opposed to before where it was... Um, well, it was completely different, as you know, but the harm minimisation and the way that they're looking now at connecting with clients and learning more on a personal level, I, I just think you need to be commended all in drug and alcohol who work because it's no easy job and, you know, it's, we're, we're saving more lives now, you know. I've, I've watched so many people die. And and that is what we're going to be singing about or the song will be about. What is the name of the song, Nat? Needle you... in the Damage Done. 
she knew it. She, she knew as soon as I said Neil Young, she knew it, mate. That's Natalie Wright, who's sitting next to Misty Collins, and they're from the Stepping Up Consortium, and they're sitting next to Ed Weiner, who's holding Glenn Fisher, survivor of much or many, many various things, including addiction and abu- sexual abuse. And she's being held by Edwina, my beautiful wife, who's going through some little operations to make a site a lot better. And you're on 98.3 FM in Colac and District and 88.7 FM along, FM along the coast. And you're in Community Connect with Edwina and Greg McHenry. And here's that song I've been calling, telling you about for a while. Yeah, Neil Young and the damage, no, the needle and the damage done, as Natalie Wright quite... Well, rightly picked before we went to the went to the track. As soon as I mentioned Neil Young, she knew exactly. Yeah. And she's sitting next to Misty, and, and they're both from Stepping Up Consortium. And Edwina has been holding Glenn Fisher there to have a bit of a chat with them while we had a break here on ninety-eight point three FM and eighty-eight point seven FM along the coast. And we are on Community Connect with Edwina and Greg McHenry. Now, where are we? Uh, I was just going to mention as well, Glenn, that um, middle-aged Australians in the report that was released yesterday, uh, it's it's identifying that they're more likely to die of an overdose compared to younger or older Australians. So 70% of our overdoses um, occur within the 30 to 59 age bracket uh, in 2017. So, yeah, that really highlights that, you know... That age bracket. That age bracket where, you know you identified as well and I guess we really do see that coming through um, in regards to the treatment that we offer as well and that's you know we see I sit in that middle age group and and it is my community and I guess that's part of you know that really important part around supporting people who are important to me and people who are important to to bow and you know in in regards to to where I'm sitting we're yeah. looking at people who you know have, have hit a sometimes a, p- a point in life where there's been a lot of trauma, marriage breakdown, grief and loss, all the things that you've highlighted. And yeah. I guess it, 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 it sort of, yeah, people do use drugs and alcohol to, to distract from from the pain and suffering. And you, you were talking earlier about the statistics around people that use where they come from different areas. And um, it, it's a, and important that people know that addiction doesn't discriminate. You know, it, it doesn't know who you are when it, when it attacks you. It, you know what I mean? You can be rich, you can be poor, you can be employed, you can be unemployed, you know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. It, it doesn't discriminate on who it, mm. it takes down. Yeah. There are a lot of people who are actively working and functioning as addicts, as yeah. we know too, yeah. and um, that Doctor should not be denied as well, yeah, and uh, that can create its own set of problems, but we mustn't recognise that as well. Yeah. Mm. And university students, you'd be surprised how many people in universities um, pick up drugs. Yep. 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 It can affect any of us. They feel shame. So that's another thing people know, need to know, that when they reach out to people like Natalie and um, Misty, that there's anonymity. You know, that yep. people don't, you know, it doesn't suddenly become public knowledge when you go forth and ask for help. No. Yeah. There should be no stigma around any of it. And there's one yeah. thing, and I mentioned it briefly last week, uh, Glenn, is that I'm aware of a chap who died because he was left after an overdose. Yeah, and too. this goes back quite a number of years. Um, and that's done for fear of reprisal. Yeah. And I wanted what, um, where yeah. Natalie and, and uh, Misty sit in on that one. 
really important to be aware in the event of an overdose an ambulance is called the police are not called um, you are not going to get any trouble first and foremost um, suspected overdose and we're not just talking about the person is unresponsive completely signs of overdose can include gurgling um, sort of snoring dozing off nothing can reverse an overdose except for naloxone forget the water forget the you know shaking call an ambulance the police are not going to come because an ambulance is called yeah. What do you do in the interim, though? What do you do with the patient? First aid. This triple O will guide you through first aid. So if you have naloxone, you will use that on the person. Um, if not, the um, triple O operator will, yeah, recovery position will guide you through the first aid. Yeah, yep. and you'll notice blue lips and different yep. colours, face change. And one of the things that's handy that we used to do on the street is uh, in the neck there's a nerve. If you pinch that nerve and they're unresponsive, then you get help straight away. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Natalie said, emergency, triple O. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. in doubt, call. Yes. Yeah. Now, you mentioned, you were just mentioning an overdose on, on an opioid, but you can overdose on alcohol and other stuff, so... Yeah, and alcohol is um, is highly fatal. It, it, uh, withdrawal from alcohol, you know, you can your respiratory system can shut down, liver and kidney, it's very dangerous for someone to, to reduce as well without guidance. So that's, you know, really important to engage in the right support network for you. Um, you know, we don't advise anybody to stop taking drugs or alcohol at any point really needs to be supervised by a doctor, um, go through your GP. Uh, our really important role for us is um, supporting the client behind the scenes to detox and rehab. So we can do that, you know, throughout Victoria. Um, we can support clients even interstate, like I've had a client that I've supported uh, interstate to the buttery. So yeah, lots of, lots, of, lots of support is there and available and it's all free. The buttery's still going, is it? Yep. yep. I've got an interesting story about a bloke who uh, is actually still active as a, and it's probably, uh, well, how long ago now, th- you'd be getting on 30 years. He's yeah. still active with Narcotics Anonymous in Geelong. He ended, up okay. at, he ended up at the Buttery for, he was there for 18 months, way back then, because he'd, he'd somehow or other managed to get to um, Richmond Air Base. Um, because he he wanted to get an aeroplane, and this is the, the you know high secure area. He wanted to get himself into an aeroplane to go to France to get his wife and children back because they'd left him because of his abuse. And when he was asked apparently how he got into the base and that, he said with my cigarette lighter. Um, <laughs> and he had no idea as typical. And this is it is a funny story now, but. Uh, the chap is still well alive and he is also saving lives in Geelong in a similar fashion to yourself mm. That um, with the work he does and he's now a functioning grandfather and everything else that wow. uh, he, he can have a laugh at it himself now but um, yeah he was in the buttery 18 months before he, he came clean You know one of the things that people don't understand about street drugs is that you don't know what you're buying and, and some of the times when you especially with heroin you could go out and buy it one day. You could buy it often for six months, every day, $100 worth, and it does little. And then one day you could buy $50 worth, and I've seen this happen, and bang, a person mm. drops. Yeah. 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 And you it know, could be so you need to, please don't ever use on your own. Yeah. You know, try and have someone Huge, with you. Yeah. If they're not with you, text someone, let them know, yeah. leave your door unlocked. There's That's a whole right. lot of safety precautions you can put into action before you. 
Yeah, yep. and they're talking also about in uh, in Geelong, uh, hitting the heroin having fentanyl laced in it. Yeah, is uh, a yeah. well. yep. yep. uh, which is highly lethal as well, hundred times more. Yep. And what increases overdose with alcohol, Natalie? What other drugs do people take? I know opiums and. Um, Benzodiazepam would be one with Yeah, it? mixing those with alcohol, you know, huge risks. Um, yeah, and and methamphetamine. Um, yeah. We have a lot of clients who are using, and, and not just smoking, but injecting meth yeah. as well. So, and that's a stimulant. So you're putting a depressant and a stimulant yeah. together is quite dangerous because the rest you you it masks the effect. So we talk about half life as well with yeah. with drug drug use too. So that's all part of our psych ed around you know supporting the client in making in keeping keeping them safe. A lot of alcohol overdoses that I'm aware of actually have been related to MDMA, mm-hmm. where oh, people okay. go to parties and they take speed or mm-hmm. MDMA and then they drink on it. And as you just mentioned, they don't realise how, you know, the effect of the alcohol is not quite hitting them, mm-hmm. so they don't realise how much they, they've drunk and they get alcoholic poisoning. Alcoholic poisoning. Yeah. yeah. It's a whole complication of um, the poly abuse and everything else and people just not being able to be responsible but making sure that they should have someone responsible around them when they're well even in drinking alcohol someone should be a responsible driver I I think Um, it's also important for parents to have the education around children because it is imperative because they're they're going to do things the same as when we were young we tried different things and they're going to try things too so it's about safety and education 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 is power that's it, knowledge is power yeah. We are coming to the close, Glenn. I'm, uh, it's a bit of a shame we didn't get to have the uh, everything organised properly on the other phone, but I think everyone's been able to hear you quite clearly. Do you want to okay. just br- br- briefly give us a rundown on the availability of your book? And, uh, uh, so my book's available through Mosh Pit Publishing, which is an Australian publisher. Um, you can also get it through Amazon, Kindle, eBook and Smashwords. So the easiest way to find it is if you just Google Predator's Paradise by Glenn Fisher, it'll put a link up to Mosquit Publishing and you can get it directly through there. Okay, so it's Predator's uh, Paradise. Paradise, Glenn Fisher. Now, we need also to let... Um, let people locally know when they're rustling of paper every, everywhere over here uh, so we is that there are events on that, that we need to talk about and Misty is waving the form at me. <laughs> no, I have the intake numbers here for oh, intake Colac. intake numbers for uh, Colac. Yeah, so uh, for, to access AOD treatment in Colac, the number is 1300 763 254. For Barwon, it's 1300 094-187 and then once again direct line for 24 hour support is 1-800-888-236 we also have um, family support line as well so there's family drug help and that's 1-300-660-068 and you'll give those numbers to Edwina just to make sure I get them into our blog on the podcast that we will put up here in the near future and I'll share them in the group too. That'd oh, be fabulous. fabulous. Thanks, Glenn. I'd also like to, well, you're invited to join everyone at 25 Gordon Avenue, Geelong West, at the okay. Stepping Up Morning Tea, where you'll be involved in an overdose awareness memorial and harm reduction activities. And that's on Monday, the 2nd of September, from 11 a.m. until 2 till 1 p.m. 
and uh, it's an open house event, so everyone's welcome That's there. Right. Yep. What else have we got? Because uh, uh, we have a stylist, Lee Windsor, who's going to be there as well. So he's based out of Colac. I believe he's just down the road. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he'll be um, facilitating haircuts on the day. We'll have naloxone training by our uh, very beautiful nurses uh, that do home detoxes as well. So then Windana nurses. Uh, oh, yeah, we've got some uh, clients and peers presenting some really interesting topical sort of um, works, haven't Art, we? Artwork produced yep. by the day program. Oh, yep. And I think it's also really important to say that there's um, family drug support as well based out of Geelong. And I've got the number for that and also the uh, Barwon Health and Naloxone program too, which I have the number for too. We'll get that number. The main one we'll talk about, I'll give you once again, is that the Stepping Up Consortium number is 1800 828 466. And you guys, you that'll be man 9am to 5pm. Otherwise, just ring the other numbers that we've got 24 hours a day. How does that sound? Yep, the direct line number. Direct line number. Next week, we're going to have a busy week, Ed. We're going to be talking. Where am I? Um, uh, we've, got a very, we've got a local group coming in, so we won't need to worry about making a long-distance phone call, Glenn. Yep. We're going to be talking with the Coalacan District Family History Group, Inc., and that'll be really good because they're, they're a mob to get together, about 30 people. I was going to say 30-odd people, but they... Um, they're not odd it's around about it's around 30 32 maybe that number of people who are involved in the group but they get out and about and they're doing stuff they're not going to the pokies and all whatever and this is what the program community connects about is getting on with your life and if you don't know how to go about it we'll try and give you the phone numbers and some help and point you in the right direction and glenn fisher i'd like to thank you very very much yeah thank you for being with us thank you natalie Okay. Thank you, Greg, for sharing Thanks, your story. Greg. Nice to meet you. Now, just so as we know, this I'm going over the track chosen by Edwina, and it's one that uh, is just to go and show that uh, drug use is not all, and heroin use, and using needles and spoons and whatever else has not always just been with a modern group or since long hair came out with the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. It's been going on for a long time. We're going to put on a Frank Sinatra track. Can anyone think what it might be? Can oh, you ever no guess? Idea. You better tell us. Come on, Greg. It's called cool. I've Got You Under My Skin. Oh, that's a great one. I've got you under my skin. I've got you under my skin. And the people way back didn't realise what, impl- yeah. what he was implying or what it was all about, but that's what it's all about. Right. Frank Sinatra, I've Got You Under My Skin. Oh, really? So it's been going around my a long, 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 long while. <laughs> and so oh, to your thank Misty and Natalie. I'd like to thank them as well for being here with us today. Thanks for having and, us. And there's a lot more we can still talk about, so I hope that you do put it in your diaries to come back at some stage. Yes, we'd love to have yes. our other colleague, Dave Martin, down here because he's a specialist Colac area yep. uh, outreach worker, so hopefully we'll have Dave with us next we'll time. We'll look forward to it. And let's hope that there are people out there who are listening. And don't forget, Narcotics Anonymous are on in here in Colac at 6pm on Friday at the Neighbourhood House. So if you feel as though you need to get along, get there. And don't forget... Glenn's book, Predator's Paradise, Paradise. which is a fabulous read. I just couldn't put it down. And it's a real life, and his life is going on. Once again, thank you, everyone. We will have to get out of here because we've gone well over time, and I apologise to everyone else for that, but we'll be back on autopilot immediately after you've heard Frank Sinatra sing this wonderful song. And we'll talk to you. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you all next week. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks.